Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot by with Hunter Withrow underway. The Monday edition has arrived. Glad you're with us. If you're streaming live or listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Jam-packed show today. Reaction to the college football playoff field that is set through the committee. Florida State out. Georgia loses. They're out. We'll break it down in just a moment. We'll do that as well with Coach Dan Mullen, now with ABC and ESPN. As a college football analyst, he joins us in 20 minutes, plus Bobby Carpenter later this hour, and Ross Tucker throughout the show. A lot of NFL headlines throughout today as well. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, no shortage of stuff to talk about from this past weekend. No, and uh, well, no shortage of controversy in regards to the college football playoff and the committee that has Alabama, your SEC champion in, Texas, your Big 12 champion in, Florida State, your ACC champion, out. The field of four is, in fact, set. Michigan will take on Alabama. Washington, winners of the Pac-12, will take on the Longhorns from Texas. Florida State, out. And before we get into the fact and, and agree that Florida State, the Seminoles were screwed, this, at least for me, I acknowledge, is going to be one hell of a college football playoff semifinal. I can't wait to watch Michigan take on Alabama, Harbaugh against Saban. And on the other side, personally, I'm rooting for the winner of Washington and Texas to win it all uh, in 2023-24 for the national championship. And whether we like it or not, this offseason, this college football playoff, go back several years as much as you want to, it has been controlled by the networks. All of the realignment, conference realignment, what are we discussing? We're discussing years in advance, not the upcoming season. And we're also discussing what do the networks want? Who wants which conference and why? Which teams are coveted and not? And ultimately, whether we want to admit it or not, then the one argument I haven't heard is that the network is going to point to victory and say the committee got it right because the ratings will be through the roof. They won't know what the ratings would be otherwise but they're going to point to what is going to be a massive, gigantic number for the college football playoff as Saban and the Tide win the SEC title. Oust Georgia, who is your number one team. They're also a one-loss team, losing on a neutral site. They're not in. And throughout the season, they said that, well, conference championships matter. Okay, well, you do have four conference champions, but you also have the unbeaten Florida State Seminoles and the ACC, out. And if you look at what has happened, even if Georgia won, it seems as though Texas is jumping Florida State in the, the rankings as it looks right now uh, based on the hierarchy and the wins throughout the year despite the one loss. But the one winless team, Chad, the Seminoles, they're left taking on the Georgia Bulldogs in a bowl game and the season started with Florida State 
complaining about revenue share throughout the ACC. They'll lose out on a $6 million cut from the conference by not participating in the college football playoff, as will the other teams. They will get $4 million in a payout for the bowl game they're going to. But they didn't want to be in the ACC because of the, the haves and the have-nots. They wanted their fair share. And, well, the committee's straight up telling all of us that Florida State's right. Um, there are the haves and the have-nots. And the ACC wasn't viewed as an unbeaten champion to be one of the haves, the must-haves for the college football playoff. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, our guy, Tim Brando, I thought had a really good post, a long one about this, and, and said that uh, absolutely Florida State got screwed, and there is some problems at hand when there's one network that controls the playoff, uh, and they're trying to set things up for better television ratings. And that really pisses me off, but, and here's why. I love sports because it's the ultimate reality show, okay? And I'm not saying that because on a reality show, producers get in the ear of the people and tell them what to say to make something more inflammatory and make it better television. It's not that part of reality TV that I'm talking about. And that's what I feel like we're dealing with now. We're dealing with a, a, a group in ESPN that is basically getting in the ears of everyone on the committee and they're constantly having back-channel conversations about what the best television is going to be. Hutton laid it out, and he's not wrong about Alabama and Michigan being an enormous ratings draw. Having Nick Saban in this college football playoff, big for ratings and interest because everyone has an opinion on Nick Saban. Everyone should have an opinion on fair and what is right and what is wrong. And this is so incredibly wrong. It pisses me off. And it's had me fired up since this announcement came down yesterday. And I do not want to make this an anti-Alabama thing or an anti-Texas thing or an anti-Georgia thing. Georgia got screwed in this too. Because there's no way you can tell me that one week the committee says they're number one in America and the next week after a three-point loss in a conference championship game on a neutral field, they're suddenly the sixth best team in America. If this is truly about getting the four best teams where you're clearly looking at recruiting rankings when you do that and you're looking at how many NFL draft picks are on each team, you're probably putting Georgia in that, in that top four along with Alabama also. But here's what I don't care about. I don't care what the committee thinks will happen. I've been consistent about this throughout. I don't care. Hutton's right. It's going to be good TV, I think, in this. But it's not their job to project what makes the best television. It is their job, and it should be, and I know there's little loopholes in there about injury. and Take that stuff out. Make it as simple as possible. Show me what you've done. Show me what you've accomplished, not what you think a team is going to accomplish or not accomplish because they have a backup quarterback. Show me what's happened. Here's something that Florida State did. They scheduled LSU on a neutral field to start the season. The same LSU team that Alabama played. Alabama beat them by 14 at home. You know what Florida State did to them? They beat them by 21 points on a neutral field to open the season. They had 14 tackles for law. Let's not talk about a backup quarterback for a second. Let's talk about one of the best defenses in the country. They had 14 tackles for loss, seven sacks, and they also became the first team, this is in the, the ACC championship, the first team to hold Jeff Brom under 200 yards in the last five years. That happened on Saturday. But sure, I know, backup quarterback, didn't score a lot of points, not sexy enough for the committee, so they would certainly lose, right? Because 
Why? Because Vegas would have them as a double-digit underdog. Oh, the same Vegas that had Washington as nearly a double-digit underdog on Friday night? What happened there? Why do we like sports? Unpredictable. Washington went in there and won that game for a second time when Vegas and the experts thought they were going to get their ass beat. And they did it to Oregon. What happened on Saturday to everyone in the committee? Oh, Alabama was an underdog against Georgia by almost a touchdown. Oh, wow. You mean they play the game on the field and something different can happen? That same Alabama team that's now fourth won the game head-to-head because they played it on the field? All Florida State has done is played great defense and won every game in front of them. And you know where they scheduled the non-conference? They scheduled Florida State and at or scored the LSU and at Florida, both away from home. This is not a 2004 Auburn situation where everyone pointed to the fact they played UL Monroe, La Tech, and some other scrub in the non-conference. That's why they didn't get in. No, Florida State scheduled tough in the non-conference. They can't help who's in the ACC and who's down. Just like everyone who feasted on a Big Ten West opponent this year can't help that that's the worst division in the history of college football. They can't help it. Everything they could help. The things that Kirk Herbstreet tweeted and posted years ago to Florida State fans, stop bitching about your ranking right now because if you win every game, you're going to be fine. That same Kirk Herbstreet is crying on X after this, bemoaning the fact that Florida State is out, but explaining why it happened. They did everything they could, and they still got left out. Explain that to me. And I, I think it comes down to, Chad, they have, a, they have nothing but wins, right? Their biggest loss of the season was Louisville losing to Kentucky. SEC. Well, their biggest loss of the season was losing Jordan Travis. Well, but their biggest loss, if they beat Louisville coming into that game, with Louisville not, win, not losing the final game against Kentucky, again, to me, this is the perception of, and it's Saban's great at standing you know, on the soapbox and whatever the narrative needs to be to get the tight end, he's going to, to, to move the needle on that. Well, he, I believe we're in because we're the SEC champion. And the SEC beat Louisville going into that game in a, a matchup where Louisville scores six points against Florida State, and it's a low-scoring affair, 16-6. When you have all eyeballs on the number one team in the country falling to Bama. And then, of course, Texas just throttles in their Big 12 championship game. I think it's more about perception of the conferences. I do. If Florida State was on their way to the SEC, let's say they put their paperwork in prior at the deadline, prior to the start of the year, and they're on their way out, and they're, it, it, it's known that realignment's happening and the SEC's expanding. Does Florida State get in? I think they do. And Georgia, if Georgia's in and Bama's in, Let's also mention Texas is coming in, and it would be three SEC teams, in effect, yeah. headed to the college football playoff in the final year of the fourteen. And, and I, I saw um, some people, I think Catfish Jake, a buddy of ours, even said, why are people only talking about Alabama getting in over Florida State and not Texas, who's also a one-loss conference champion just like Alabama? Yeah. Um, and they would my, be in over My FSU simple too. answer to that is they wanted both Texas and Bama in the playoff. And they knew they were going to have another controversy on their hands if they didn't put Texas three and put Alabama behind them because Texas won head-to-head in Tuscaloosa. So I think they bumped them all the way up to three. My rankings, what should have happened, Michigan one, Washington two, Florida State three, Texas four. That's how I would have broken it out for the playoff and still had Texas in ahead of Alabama because of the head-to-head win. 
Uh, but they wanted Bama in. Make no mistake about it. Bama's a TV draw, and Nick Saban is a huge superstar, legendary coach, and it helps to have him in a playoff, and it definitely helps it to have him in a playoff from a TV perspective, production-wise, against the big bad villain and Jim Harbaugh and the cheating Michigan Wolverines. I mean, this stuff writes itself. Yeah. I can sell the matchup to you right now, but and I, believe- I, I don't want everything to go into this made-for-TV mode. I, I want what's right to be done. And what was right was Florida State, even overcoming the loss of their quarterback and continuing to win and win a conference championship game with a great defense that, by the way, I'm not convinced Michigan just blows them out if they're in the playoff. I think it's probably a 13-10 to type game. I think Florida State's defense would do very well against Michigan. Would their offense, the backup quarterback, do well against Michigan's defense? Probably not. But they have earned the right to prove that one way or the other. I agree. Based on Uh, an undefeated season. They they had earned the right, but I think if you're looking at the resume for Bama, here's what the committee saw. Based on the way the committee ranks the, the most recent college football playoff rankings, uh, prior to conference championship Saturday. And then what happened as a result of Saturday night, they defeated teams ranked number one, number 11, number 13, and number 21 in the committee's rankings, Bama. So if you're looking at that, and then they beat, according to the committee, the best win Bama has in the entire country, the best win was Saturday over Georgia, they're in. But they wouldn't be in over Texas based on the rankings. And that means that even if Georgia beats Bama, Texas is getting that final spot, Chad. That's what they're telling us Yeah, through all this. Not Florida State. And Bama would be left in the Georgia position for the bowl game. Yeah. And facing I, Florida State. Right. I think, look, deep down, if you just gave truth serum to every member of the committee, and especially ESPN, they would tell you. They would argue, you know, we don't, we don't have a rooting interest. The, the committee decides. They're going to tell us who the four best teams are, this and that. They all wanted Texas and Alabama in there. And they especially love the fact that it's Nick Saban versus Jim Harbaugh. Or Georgia. In one of the playoffs. Or Georgia. Yeah, the winner, they won an SEC team The SEC team champion is going to get in, yeah. And that, that to me, uh, it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. And they, you know, with Florida State, maybe it's the reverse. It's not if you win, it's how you win. But all they've done is win. But the ACC is just not valued where the SEC and the Big Ten, regardless of how bad the Big Ten was. It's just the perception of the schedule, the perception of the dominance. And when you win, how many is it for the SEC winning national championships? Like 11 in this time period, uh, representing the, the Southeastern Conference. It's, I mean, it's dominant. And so whenever you ask yourself, what would Florida State, they have to do these hypotheticals if you've got a tie. I don't know where this ranks in terms of the hypothetical list. Who's, who's only losing one game with Bama's schedule this season in college football? No, not many. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a and very it's, short it's list. A, it's a few teams. But that's another what-if hypothetical. So, but there's no way you, you sit in that room and you don't ask yourself that question. Bama has wins Especially over, if Texas is already in. Right. Bama, and I'm just going by the final rankings. Bama has wins over number six Georgia, number 11 Ole Miss, uh, neutral site Georgia, Ole Miss at home, LSU at home at number 13, yep. Tennessee at home, number 21. Uh, Florida State has wins in the final ranking on a neutral site against number 13, LSU, on a neutral site against number 15, Louisville. Again, both of those away from home. And they beat Clemson, who's 22nd, on the road. They did all their work, their best wins, 
away from Tallahassee. That's one less top 25 college football playoff win than Alabama. Transitive properties, they had a shared opponent that they did better against on the road, away from home, than Alabama did at home. I just... Uh, yeah. uh, you can throw – like, we can play this game over and over because someone said, oh, they beat more 6-6 six and six teams than anyone in America. Is that good? And I'm thinking, they beat three 6-6 six and six teams. Alabama beat two. That's one more 6-6 six and six team. Oh, well, they only won by two against Boston College. Bama just survived on a fourth and 31 against a team that lost by 21 points to New Mexico State the week before. Like, over the course of a season, we could, I could do this all day yeah, I mean, about both teams. That's right. And, I, I'm, and I, I, again, I don't want to – I think Bama's great – and they've improved all year. I don't want to make this anti-Bama. To me, this is a defense of Florida State and some of the stuff I'm hearing. And that would have been Oregon in this spot, too. You know, Oregon would have been in, based on the committee. To me. Yeah, now, Davey's going to join us and tell us how UCF in 2017 had a similar resume to oh. ACC that he tried uh, to on no, the text chain earlier. No, not so much Dan that. Dan Mullen's but... actually joining us. You did throw He's that out next. to me. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, how was the weekend? It's good. Good. Got to call some high school football games in Chattanooga. Uh, rainy all day on, in Chattanooga. Not great conditions for the players in the field, but, uh, you know, nice and toasty up in the booth. A little warm for my liking, but dry. Yeah. Right? Well, good. Complained about that the whole time. So I'd like to be a little bit cooler. Not bad. Not good. bad. You, good weekend for you? Solid. Uh, great games, by the way, throughout the weekend. And, oh, you, you know what the other argument can be used uh, in, in, on behalf of Florida State? is um, Well, how about the catch? Oh, I mean, the, the incomplete pass before halftime for Bama that led to a touchdown drive. George ends up losing by three in this. However, as we've said, like the committee's telling us, Texas would have jumped FSU too. Hutton, the committee knows. Uh, we, there's, we cannot challenge the committee. They, they know football. They don't need to see anything else. Like they're, they're just going to tell us who the four best teams are. That's, that's, how, that's how we decide. Yep. Coach uh, Dan Mullen joins us, ABC and ESPN college football analyst. Does a great job. Oh, and by the way, he's, he's staying behind the screen. And uh, the, the stress-free <laughs> stress zone uh, for, for Dan Mullen. Coach, uh, great to have you back on. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing awesome. Yeah, I was going to do my commitment video. I was going to have all the different schools, <laughs> jobs open, right? And then rip out the ESPN hat and throw it on my head, you know? So, uh, so what did the committee tell us or, or tell an unbeaten conference champion yesterday? Well, the, the problem I have is there, there's no consistency with the committee from one year to the next. And, you know, when you say, okay, who's, who's the best team? They're, oh, let's just go hide behind best team. Um, I have a hard time with that because the best teams, teams that wins in my mind, winning teams are the best teams, you know? And, and um, I, I think they have too many little excuses to hide behind and how they did it. Um, I, I'm not sure they have enough football people on there um, in that. I, I guess they want to try to 
keep random people from everywhere. Uh, but I, I don't like it. You know, I mean, if, if that was the criteria a couple of years ago, an undefeated Cincinnati and nothing against Cincinnati and that team and they, what a great year they had. You know, I mean, that that team in, in a major conference would have had four to five losses, I would have said. Um, you know, so it, it, you're going to say, oh, the, but then they're like, oh, you can't compare this or compare that. So uh, I, I did the meetings. Um, I, I just don't think there's information. I think what they did was disrespectful to the game of football and yeah. disrespectful to anybody that's played the game of football or coached in the game of football or really be a part of it. And, and I mean, and, and I, I'm going to go even from the media side, going away from that. The people that are inside of football, okay, for 18 to 22 year old college students, you know how hard it is to go undefeated. I have two national championship ranks here. Neither of them were undefeated seasons. Um, you know, I I don't think people understand. I have a high school state championship, not undefeated. Um, you know, I, I don't think how hard it, people understand how hard that is to do. Um, so I think it was disrespectful to the game to hide behind who the best team was. Because if, if you're just going to pick subjectively who the best team is, why play the games? Because I mean, going in, I mean, all your life, Georgia's the best team. So why should they even have to play a week one? They were told they were the best team. So why, why even play another game? We're the best. Don't play again. Um, so I that was frustrating for me. And, and going back to your, your broad point about this, and I, I completely agree with you, the argument that's out there, and I think Nick Saban actually made this argument last year when they, he was out publicly politicking to get in the playoff. Well, Vegas would have us favored against all the teams or, or three of the four that are in there. You know, Vegas says yeah. this. It's going to be a double-digit underdog if it's Florida State in this thing. So you can't have them in there because then people may not watch. Um, that really bothers me after we've seen an entire season's worth of work that we're well, now yeah, projecting. Like I don't think Nick then, if Nick wants to really jump on that, he shouldn't have gone and played in the SEC championship game. You're underdog. You why why have you in the game? You're a five-point underdog. You know? Um, just let's crown Georgia the champion and move on. And nothing gets out of let, Let's get this yeah. straight. It, the champ, the the committee, I don't want to say they they didn't they weren't wrong putting Alabama in. If if that makes like I, I like, like Alabama earned their writing. And I hate this. Oh, who deserves to be in the term? Deserve has nothing to do with it. These teams go out and play every week. They, nobody deserves anything except they have the opportunity to go play and they earn it on the field. And so Alabama earned it just as much as anybody else. But what I, I look at is in this year, someone's going to get left out and there's four spots. Um, you know, and so the teams that earned it the most, the teams that went out there, because you can compare anything you want to compare and let's, but let's compare the most important thing, which is the column of losses, right? And Mike Norvell said a great, the other day, you know, you heard him yesterday, Hey, we earned our 13 wins, but everybody else, they also earned a loss. They earned that loss on the field. We never earned one of those. We, everybody else earned a loss. And you know, I I did it on the show last night. I said, you know, right now it's like figure skating. And, you know, I mean, you're out there and saying, okay, well, we're going to pick who wins. We're going to subjectively pick. Well, there, there was an objectivity, which were there are three teams that never lost. So if you take them one, two, and three, um, and they're in a power five conference, and you know what? The strength of rank was Florida State. It wasn't like they, they didn't play a quality team all year. They, they played some pretty darn good teams within the ACC. They went out of conference and scheduled Florida and LSU and won both of those games, neither of which were at home. You know, I mean, you have to go with like, they have 
they 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 were not at home for the Florida Clemson or LSU game and won all of those games and Louisville they they weren't at home for any of those games two neutral sites two roads they won all of them against top teams so I, I think I would have been fine with Florida State at three and then you make the argument to the last three which is Texas Alabama uh, really Texas four Texas Alabama Georgia and Ohio State. And then if you look at them and say Ohio State didn't make a championship game, they're out. Okay. Then Alabama, let's go to Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. Well, Alabama beat Georgia. Texas beat Alabama. They're in because they won it on the field. I think those should have been the four teams uh, that made it in, you know. And and I mean, unfortunately, right now, how how they're they're hiding, I I guess in a committee saying the best team. Well, according to everybody, uh, on Saturday, Georgia was the best team. So, you know, I mean, Georgia was the hands-down number one best team in the country. So, you know, I mean, they only lost by three to Alabama. They should have stayed one of the best teams. Honestly, on a neutral side, if they played a couple more times, they probably split it. Maybe you say Georgia's better than Alabama. Uh, but so you have to be consistent in how you do things. And it can't be the East German committee judge member you know, in a figure skating competition, ranks Florida State 20th to knock them out so that Alabama can get in because they like them more. You know, I mean, it's like the SEC's like the old Eastern block figure skating contest, right? Or the gymnastics, you know, I mean, they're the, they're judging that the SEC, I, I think they felt they had to be in. And, and Alabama, like, like I said, Alabama earned the right to be in. Someone had to be left out. I could have personally... I can I could find a way to accept the reason why Alabama, you know, I could rationalize why Alabama was left out if they were. I, I have a hard time justifying why Florida State was left out. I just really have a hard time justifying that as as a college football person. Well, and and the the reason would be Texas beat them in Tuscaloosa, and Texas would still be in this playoff if Florida yeah. State were in, right? Like it comes down to that head to head. Yeah, unfortunately, Alabama and Georgia would have been left out. And they're, are they two of the best teams in the country? Absolutely. Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. So is Oregon. I mean, if we if we said right now, Oregon, that we're going to go to the Vegas, I bet if you played Oregon and Washington again next week, I bet Oregon would be the favorite again. Um, just for the third time. By eight points um, instead of nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, it, 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 that, that's – unfortunately, they've gone subjectively when they could have done objectively. But it's hard because, as we say, there's – there's there were five teams that earned playoff spots. Someone had to get left out. I just feel Alabama certainly earned. I feel they left the wrong team out. So, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I would have felt bad if Alabama felt bad for Georgia. You know, I mean, two time defending champ with one loss, but then and, and they're out. But they had the chance to win it on the field. I mean, Florida State never had got that opportunity. They did. They won it on the field and said, no, you're not getting that. And I don't think that part of it was right. Dan Mullen, our guest. You can follow him on social at Coach Dan Mullen. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here across the Outkick Network. So what do you tell your team after a moment like that? They've got a bowl game coming up. Again, it's it's a tough spot. And also, you know in recruiting, it's going. you can go unbeaten in the ACC and you won't make it to a 14 playoff. Now, we're going to 12, and maybe they don't use it as much. But the perception but- of of the ACC in this versus the SEC is is evident in what happened. Well, throw the spin on it for them for next year as we get the buy in the first round of the playoffs. 
because it's the conference champions get the buy. And so we would get the buy and somebody else, no matter where we are, we're going to get the buy and and that's going to make it easier for us to win a title. Um, so they can spin that how they want. I, I you know, Mike Norvell and I, I listen there. You, people think there's tough things coaches go through. There's a lot of tough things and it's not what you're calling on third down and five, you know, it, that those aren't the tough things. So, you know, what he had to deal with last night is looking at a group of men, uh, young men that you're going to lead and playing a game that they love that have committed and done everything that they were supposed to do. And someone stole it, took it away from them, really stole it from them. You know, I mean, took it, just flat took it away from them. And I think that, you know, that was wrong. And so I think he has to find a way, you know, never mind his own, own grief. I mean, I'm sitting here of saying what he put in the sacrifices he makes his family makes all the coaching staff, you know, the time they spend, all the work that they put in, you got to immediately put that away, swallow it and get it, get, get out of your own way. And you got to go back to leading these young men and giving them life lessons and saying, Hey, you know what? I, I, always, I always shared this with guys. Uh, if you put yourself out there and try, you can't guarantee you, you, you will succeed. I can guarantee you won't succeed if you don't try. So you know what? Hey, the, you guys put yourself out there. You did everything you could. It didn't happen. Don't ever, don't use that as an excuse to not put yourself out there again. And whatever it is you're doing in life, continue to put yourself out there again. Uh, because more times than not, if you do it, you give it all like you did, things will break your way. And the only time, right, there, there's no failure in, in losing. There's no failure in, in of, of that team for this year. There would be failure in giving up or not trying. And I think that's a, you know, that's the message that he he kind of said in, in his deal that I liked yesterday. It's like, what are we supposed, you know, am I supposed to tell these kids, you know, if someone gets hurt, don't try? I can't wait. If Patrick, hopefully if Patrick, God forbid, Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts goes down, you know, the last week of the season, I guess we should leave them out of the playoffs in the NFL for sure this year. For sure. They should have no chance. They should definitely be left out. Yeah, right. Well, well, no, well, well said. And something else that bothers me is this response that now future results will justify any decision by the college football playoff committee. An example is, well, now watch Florida State get blown out by Georgia. That's going to show everybody oh. they made the right decision. Or Alabama's going to beat Washington, and that's or I'm sorry, Michigan. That's going to prove they made the right decision. I don't think you can play with that level of of hypothetical on it. And because we don't know what would have happened if Florida State was the three seed, let's say, against Washington, the scenario you laid out there. No idea what would have happened. And to say, hey, the, to compare what's going to happen in the Georgia game, can't compare it. You know, uh, you can't compare it for either team. You know, I, you know, I, I listen, because it, it's it's a different makeup. It's going to be a different psychology of those teams playing in the game. I, You know, I, we haven't gotten to who's opted out yet of the games. Right. I mean, I, I guess if, um, you know, would the, should the committee wait? You saw today, Kyle McCord, I heard the transfer report. I don't know if he's playing in the bowl game or not. If Ohio State had been selected, should they now, do we have to wait now? Because we've put a criteria. The only reason they weren't selected is their quarterback was injured. And, and the hard one for me is last week, the committee ranked them number four. I think that's where the mistake was made. They, with Tate Rodemaker, a quarterback, they were the number four team in the country. Well, Tate Rodemaker is supposed to be back for the bowl game. They went in and put one of the great defensive performances I've seen in college. Hey, don't let's not discredit what happened in that game where they held Louisville. I, I, I think people are like it's an ugly game. Well, you know what? Iowa was playing too. And Iowa, Michigan was not a pretty sight to be seen either. Okay. 
But they held Louisville with the game on the line to negative 23 yards of total offense in the fourth quarter. I mean, basically you're watching the game and Louisville sitting there saying one score and we win. It's over. All we have to do is score. In fact, all we have to do like a blocked punt, interception, anything. And the defense went and held them to negative 23 yards. They went backwards, 23 yards the entire fourth quarter. Um, that that was a masterful performance. I, I mean, we ran rave. I will say this, you know, the, the, the possible winner is college football uh, because I think the matchups that we got yeah. are as good. Not, and I'm not talking the playoffs. I'm talking when I'm looking at bowl games, uh, there are some unbelievable bowl matchups that we have moving forward. Now, unfortunately, in today's bowl world, we don't know who's going to play in those games and the opt-outs and all of the different things going on and who's transferring and, you know, NIL money. I guess if we're paying the players, they should play the game and, and at least finish the bowl game. But the the uh, the matchups are going to be unbelievable. The, from playoffs all the way through New Year's Six to, you know, I mean, two other bowl games are fantastic. Coach, thank you as always. We love the perspective. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Bobby Carpenter joins us next on Hot Mike with Honey with Bro. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, did you know that the Outkick store is back? It, it is, is. It has been declared back. It's back. With all caps, back. It's back. Back. I Outkick it. store playing on a new field. That's right. The new Outkick store just launched, and to celebrate, we're offering a buy one, get one 50% off deal for a limited time. You can find our favorite polos, T-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com, and you score 50% off. All you have to do is visit shop.outkick.com and add those items to your cart, and the discount will automatically be applied. Not it's bad. back. It's right. back, baby. You know who else is back? Our next guest. Bobby Carpenter joins He's us. back for another week. Series XM, Channel 84, and much more. A man of many talents. And he joins us uh, each week to give his analysis of, of college football and more. Good to see you, Bobby. Hope things are well, man. Oh, doing great, guys. How, uh, how are we doing here on this uh, Monday post-CFP Mount Vesuvius eruption? <laughs> so how bad did the college football playoff committee get it in regards to Florida State in your mind? Well, I mean, you have to ask yourself the question: Did they? How did they get it wrong? I've, I think they actually got it right with the teams. Not, I, I don't know. I think there's probably looking at Florida State, Sands, Jordan, Travis, which were, looks a lot like Penn State to me. You know, someone's like Penn State has two losses. I'm like, I get that. I said without Jordan Travis, and all schedules aren't created equal. That's why we have this subjective committee because people said I didn't want to have a computer tell me that this. 28 to 17 victory was the same as that 28 yeah. to 17 victory. So and the, and the got, BCS would have Florida state in today. It's funny. Of course they would. Yeah. They're an undefeated power five national champ. The problem is, is that we wanted this subjectivity so that we could see the best teams play against each other at the highest level in Florida state without Jordan Travis. Isn't that, and it stinks. I know Florida state could have still gotten in. They, it, and this is what people, I, I, 
they get frustrated with this because there's really no retort to it. I go, it wasn't taken out of Florida State's hands. If they would have beaten Florida like they should have, 35-7, with Tate Rodemaker, and then you know maybe they win with their third-team quarterback, Brock Glenn, against Louisville, you know, 24-7, I think they probably still get in. But the reality was that without Jordan Travis, that offense looked stagnant. It wasn't very good. Their defense is still great. They still won 13 games. Like All of those things can be true, but Oregon's better than Florida State right now. Georgia's better than Florida State right now. Ohio State's better than Florida State right now. And that's just that, that's just factually accurate. Now, that's my belief. I also sure. thought Oregon was going to beat Washington. So, you know what? You can be wrong in that. But I think if, if you look at those teams in Vegas and how they're handicapped, that would tell you. But like I said, also, Oregon was you know, a 10-point favorite against Washington. So, I don't know. I think they got the best four teams in. Florida State, I think, would have probably lost by 10 or more points to any of those other teams. But we'll never really know at this point. So, you don't believe Georgia is one of the four best teams right now? <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. The, the irony is, like, people are like, well, if they put Georgia at six – you know, and they're only lost to the Bama. How can they be consistent? I go, first of all, don't apply logic here because after the top four, it doesn't really matter. So they're throwing Florida State a bone, like, hey, you're five and not six. But I mean, does it matter if you're fifth or does it matter if you're 10th? Because the first spot out is still the first spot out. It doesn't really put you in there. I, I don't know. I, here's the thing. Georgia, their schedule was so weak this year. And they listen, they rose up and played really tough against some great te- against good teams and beat them handily most of the time. Um, you know, it's ba- like people start talking about Bama. The, I'll tell you what, the, the thing that throws a wrench in just about all this is the Auburn Tigers because I watched them lose. I didn't even watch, I saw some highlights of them lose and saw a little bit of the game to New Mexico State for heaven's sake. And they played Alabama and they played Georgia as tough as anybody in college football. And that's not even a good team. So I'm not sure what the hell to make about any of this stuff. Yeah. And it, I think one of the things that bothers me about it, Bobby, is we kind of flipped the script this year. And I, I went back and some people have been reposting Kirk Herbstreet from years ago, getting into it with Florida State fans in 2014 and telling them, hey, don't worry about the college football playoff rankings right now where you are. If you went out, you're definitely in. If you take care of your own business, you're going to be in the playoff. I think that's what I thought most everyone else. Hey, if you're an undefeated Power 5 champion and you schedule LSU away from home, you play Florida away from home, you beat LSU more than Alabama beat LSU by at home, and you beat them on a neutral site in that game, then you're going to be in. It's And I know, look, I I don't want to make this too corny. You have kids. I have kids. I like to tell them that what I love about sports is it's a meritocracy and it's objective and not subjective. And now I feel like we've gotten to do a big beauty pageant. I feel like this is a Hollywood casting call when they're trying well, to name the teams they feel are the best. And I don't disagree with it, that Alabama is one of the four best, but I also saw Florida State go undefeated. And the, result, the results on the field should matter. And I think the problem was is once Georgia got beat, you couldn't put Texas in, like you couldn't put in Alabama without putting in Texas as well. And so that's where that log jam ultimately happened. And unfortunately, Florida State was sitting on the outside. And what you're saying is true. Like, it's supposed to be a meritocracy. What you do on the field should count to get you in there. You know, they turned it a little bit, maybe more into a beauty pageant. And the subjectivity is what we wanted because the BCS and the computers didn't know. And so we chose to go to this model. And frankly, 
you know, the BCS still incorporated the polling system and everything else, but college football, the national championship for years was just voted on. Like it, it's always been a subjective uh, metric. Now, as we get to a 12 team playoff, yeah, a lot of that subjectivity is going to go by the wayside because when you get 12 teams in there. Maybe you leave a team or two out every year. They could have done it every other year, but mostly you're going to have the best teams at the top. I, I feel for Florida state. I really do. And if you look at the numbers, like you said, they beat two SEC schools, LSU let them down for not being better. And then ultimately the ACC let them down. But if you look at this, I believe the ACC had a winning record against the SEC this year. So it Six really just four. comes down guys to the committee looking at this and poor boo Corrigan, who is in the NC state AD. I mean, he, it's not like he's the one that unilaterally decided this. He's not the football czar. He is not the Fuhrer that just comes out there and you know issues these commands. He's only a mouthpiece for this. And so he's going to take a lot of heat within his own conference. But this is kind of where we're at. This is what we all wanted. And now we're living with it for at least this season where everybody's furious. Bobby, it's also Transfer Portal Monday with the portal officially Ooh. opening. Some big quarterback news out there starting with Kyle McCord in Columbus entering the transfer portal. Is this a sign to you that Ohio State has made a decision about where they're going to go at quarterback and it's currently someone else that's in the portal? Yeah, I I, I believe so. Um, I'm not 100% positive on what they're going to do with the portal and where they would go. Um, with that, you know, there's a lot of, you look at the quarterbacks, there's a lot of good players in there. And as if we take Matt rule and what he said, realistically, I mean, those guys, top 10 dudes are staying to make a million to $2 million. And so I can, I really blame a kid for getting in there and wanting to do this. And, you know, I'm of the, of the leaf, you know, Ryan's pretty honest with his players, probably had a meeting with Kyle, maybe his family over the weekend, they talked about it. And I don't know who instigated it where, Hey, whether you know we want to be assured that we'll be the starter next year or Ryan telling him, hey, we're going to open some things up and look around. It'll be a battle. You want a quarterback battle this year. I can't make any promises. And if you have one year left, a little bit like Joe Burrow, when he left Ohio State, he was able to leave via being a grad transfer. But if he didn't leave then, he would have had to sit out and it wouldn't have been the same situation. So at some point for these guys, like you have to make that choice. And you know what? There probably was that conversation that occurred you know, based upon how I think Ryan operates and, you know, it stinks, but this is kind of where we're at now in college football and it's not unique to Ohio state. You look at Dylan, Gabriel, Riley, Leonard, I mean, all these guys are jumping in and, you know, they can enrich themselves a little bit and maybe find a better situation. Bobby, if I give you uh, Alabama and Texas or Michigan and Washington, which two are you picking to win a title? Ooh, that's tough. Man, that, uh, I'll tell you this before we go there. Those were the games that I wanted to see in the two matchups okay. because I think it's a lot. Like in the final year of what college football kind of is, I was like Michigan and Washington at the Rose Bowl, like seeding be damned. Like two Big Ten, Pac-12 teams in the Rose Bowl, that looks good. You got Texas and Bama in the Sugar Bowl geographically in a line. Yeah. It's a good spot. Like that to me would plus you get the rematch of that. Like it would have been tremendous. Um, oh my gosh, it's hard not to go against Bama just with the success that they've had. Plus, you watch what Texas has done. Um, but I, I'm gonna tell you what, I gotta give a lot of credit to Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. I think this is their best team, and it may not always be pretty, but I think they hold a lot back, but they'll have some stuff. And honestly, this Washington team, as much as we tried to crap on Florida State, people were trying to do the same thing to Washington. Sure. 
Guys, they were an undefeated team who had already had a win over their conference rival that was a 10-point dog going into the game. So there's something about this Washington team, too, where we're like, they're not very tough. They can't play defense. And then I start watching that game. I'm like, man, they're just they're running all over Oregon, and they're better on defense in this game, at least, than we've seen for a while. We saw the reaction from Florida State when they realized they, weren't not, they were not in, and, and Bama was. What do you think the reaction was like from Michigan that was just stoic and just stared straight ahead, but behind the scenes with the coaching staff knowing that it's Alabama and it's not Florida State? You know, it's it's probably a tough pill because I think Bama's playing as well as anybody right now, and that's probably why they got in, you know, over Georgia or anybody else, simply not doing the winning the SEC, but the fact that they're playing really good football. Um, I think that it's a chance at maybe some redemption for them. You know, if you look back, you know, a couple of years ago, how they play against the SEC. That's what I thought. Too. I, I think that, uh, yeah. And I think this Bama team is good. The guys like we just talked about, we watched them play that against Georgia. And then I know Jordan Hare's tough. It's like to play and on the planes, but like against an Auburn team that isn't very good and Michigan runs the ball. Well, and they're going to have a mobile quarterback and they're going to be able to do some stuff and they play really good defense. So I think that, yeah, I think probably them looking stoic is they knew that they were going to get in. It was just a function of them being one or two and who they were going to play. And I think a lot of people thought they would ultimately be one. So they get to go to the Rose bowl. Um, but I don't think that they're, they, I think they would have preferred Florida state guys as anybody would have, but I don't think it's this like, audible gasp like it would have been if you had to play like Georgia last year or someone else like that. Bobby, when they announced the division split in the Big Ten, did you ever foresee a scenario where the Big Ten West would go 0-10 in the history of that Big Ten championship game with the divisions? I mean, 0-10 and, and also being shut out in their last in their last performance. Cool. I mean, it was really it, it was really indicative of what it had kind of become on the West and why it needed to have go division list and break break uh, protocol because guys the, the over under point total for Iowa in the first half was half a point and I told someone I'm like I honestly can't find a good reason to take the over it's not an over under <laughs> it's a question will they score and people this is how ludicrous it was I had multiple people saying you know they could get a turnover maybe get like you know a, the ball in the red zone and get a field goal They've they forced a lot of safeties, which Iowa has forced a lot of safeties the last couple of years. This is what you're relying on. I am not, I can't rely on any of that. So it stinks. You know, and I don't know if you want to see an Ohio state, Michigan rematch, you know, back-to-back weeks. That's what it would have been. Um, and maybe that's more entertaining. I think, I know it's more entertaining. It would have been better for the TV uh, viewing audience, uh, but we're in a new era now. And so I think it you know, ended probably the way that it should have with Iowa getting shut out. And now you're bringing in four teams that are out West that really know how to play a lot of offense. That that definitely stuck to the script on uh, championship weekend, uh, Iowa and their performance. Uh, Bobby, always appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining us today and uh, helping us break down what was a crazy college football weekend. Anytime, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. There's Bobby Carpenter at BCarp3. Check out uh, his great work, Series XM Channel 84 and much more uh, there with uh, Jacob Hester. One of his great friends. We do a great job there. He's, he's very good. Chad, the, I think the public sentiment is can't wait to watch these games. But coming up, I want to get into a comment you made about, well, the, the rooting interest for the average fan now. 
among these four teams. And maybe it's it's flipped a bit considering what you were hoping would happen that didn't happen in the regular season and what did happen on championship weekend that may have us going for the, well, the anti-hero. He's the, the, the villain that we don't want, but we all need, apparently. Maybe. The Wolverines. Maybe. We'll see. Coming up, top headlines. Plus, Ross Tucker in our number two.